All right. Welcome back. We are here. We are live. Wrestling Shed Live. It is July 4th. Uh, I am your host, Chad Everard. Joined with me, as always, is Corey Ware. Corey, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, it's going good. Happy 4th of July, even though it means nothing to us Canadians. <laughs> yeah, we had our candidate day, so. But yeah. Nevertheless, uh, Harry Ware back in the house. How's it going, buddy? Good, good. I feel very patriotic right now. Oh, of course, so as patriotic. always. And uh, joining us uh, for the second time, uh, Michael Burry, the game might be the game genie. How's it going, buddy? Awesome. I, I want to say congratulations to all our American friends today. You're all celebrating that wonderful day, July 4th, when Lex Luger slammed Yokozuna on board the USS Intrepid. So, you know, great day for everybody. You celebrate your independence from Yokozuna. Of course, Americana style. So yeah, happy uh, 4th of July to all our American watchers out there, of course. Uh, big week, big week, lots of stuff going on. Not a huge week, but a big week nonetheless. Uh, we're going to run down through all the television goings-ons with uh, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, of course. Uh, we had a, a little bit of sad news this week we're going to touch upon. Uh some uh, controversial news, of course, we're going to touch upon, and uh, lots of previews and opinions and all that stuff. So, big show coming up. Um, we're going to start it off with Raw from this past Monday. Not a huge, huge show, but uh, Raw, uh, I believe it got its third lowest rating of all time with 1.57 million. So, that kind of reflects uh, the ongoings of Monday Night Raw right now. Just to run down the quick little... Uh, synopsis we had uh, matt riddle subbing for randy orton that was the ongoing storyline this past week uh he ended up uh winning the battle royal to open the show which was interesting we'll get into that and then in the main event uh he subbed for randy orton of course and took on aj styles and drew mcintyre in a triple threat so uh who wants to start this one off with raw guys there was a lot going on between all the uh Money in the bank buildup and stuff like that. Corey, what were your thoughts overall on Monday Night Raw this past week? Normally, I'm the person that really hates Raw. <laughs> I, I find it a slog to get through. I find that this week's Raw was actually pretty good. Um, and the rating that they got really, you know, is, I guess, reflective of the pattern leading up to today uh, and not of that show as a whole. Uh, I was wondering why Randy Orton wasn't on the show. I don't think there was an actual reason. I don't think he was sick or anything like that. He just wasn't there. Um, but I did like to see, you know, Riddle getting into the Battle Royal on his behalf, you know, kind of playing up the fact that he's, you know, Orton's sidekick. And it's going to make it really, really dramatic when eventually Orton just turns around and, and you know, betrays Riddle at some point, I'm sure. Good to see the 205 Live hangers on getting some work in the Battle Royal at the beginning. Uh, Tazawa and Garza and Gulak and stuff. You know, I don't know how much longer they're going to be with the company, but uh, it's good to see them on TV for a bit. Um, Damian Priest. Damian Priest was in there. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was on TV. It was like the first time that he's been on since, God, I think three weeks ago or something, and they didn't address the fact that he's just been not there. I don't know. Um, but I mean, the show overall, I mean, had some good stuff on it, like, uh, Ricochet and Johnny Morrison, uh, had an excellent match. I thought made me really nostalgic for, you know, Lucha Underground days with Prince Puma versus Johnny Mundo over there. And that move at the end where 
Ricochet to that splash, like on the Morrison on the outside. That was incredible. I'd, I'd love to see more of that. Um, the other thing I kind of took away from this week is the trouble that they're still having with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. That storyline, I don't think makes any sense. Uh, no. I'm having difficulty trying to figure out who it is I'm supposed to cheer for. <laughs> uh, Charlotte took a swing at Rhea on the ring apron at one point, then missed, like, you know, trying to do a dirty tactic. But then at the end of the match, Rhea turned around and chopped block Charlotte to make her seem more like a heel. So who am I supposed to be rooting for? I don't know. Uh, so I don't know ultimately where that's going to go. So and they dedicated some time to Elias and Riker again. Why? Uh, Obviously, Riker is supposed to be the good guy there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So he comes out to the ring, whipping himself with the strap. Like, is yeah, strap match. Something that we're supposed to get behind. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of confusion there about who is heel and who is face. Oh, and, and the same thing is uh, um, Alexa. Alexa Bliss teaming with Nikki Cross. I mean, Alexa is obviously still heelish, like controlling people, but she's playing up with this reborn baby face in Nikki Cross as a superhero. I don't get it. It doesn't seem like they're very good at drawing any sort of clear distinction between phases and heels. And I think that muddles up you know, what's happening on the show, and it's kind of reflective of the fact that they don't seem to know how to properly develop strong characters that people can get behind. Because I think now that you got Lashley, as their top heel. Um, who else on that show really would be a top heel aside from Orton? I can't think of anybody that really springs to mind in terms of who they could go to if Orton wasn't there. AJ. Lashley was gone. AJ. AJ, AJ but he's tied up with Amos right now. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so there's so much, to unpa- so much to unpack there because she basically went through the whole show. So, uh, WWE has had a long-standing problem with understanding what works as a good guy because they get confused by this whole gray thing. And Vince, a lot of times, books the good guys as bullies, and like they're seen really poor. Like, I don't get it. Like, a lot of times, like the bad guys are stuck in like cuckold situations. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's like they don't understand what a good guy is anymore they think that the good guy is the strong bully that you know beats up on and it just it doesn't make sense that's not a good guy it's always been a problem um the stuff with alexa and orton with rko bro uh rk bro or whatever it is i think that we both know where that's going i mean pull the wool off our eyes like they're gonna team for a little while uh alexa and nikki where they've had time in the past and honestly their women's roster sucks so they're just stuck but eventually Alexa's going to turn on Nikki this is where this is going and same with RK bro even though you know what I, I want it to be opposite for once I'd love to see Riddle turn on Randy it's never going to happen but you know you you want to see that uh, I think we're going to talk about uh, Eva Marie and Dewdrop, and I haven't got a chance to talk about this at all I was furious at first because I, I mean, I think Dewdrop is the stupidest thing in the world. Like, it, you take somebody like Piper, Viper, Niven, whatever you want to call her, and uh, you call her Dewdrop and you make her look like a doofus because she's got some weight on. Like, I hate it. I hate it. But eventually, you know, that's going to lead to her turning on Eva Marie, I guess. But there seems to be a lot of seeds for long term storylines that 
are probably never going to work out and Dewdrop's just going to keep going. So I don't know. It's frustrating. Good for you for watching Raw. <laughs> the Dewdrop be frustrating. Uh, but yeah, the whole Dewdrop thing. Um, Harry, I'm I know so, you're a big Eva Marie fan, so what's your thoughts on this? I I, I like the Dewdrop angle because, honestly, if she was just Piper Niven, we wouldn't be talking about her right now. That, that, that That's my opinion. Dewdrop is working. Dewdrop is doing exactly what it's intended. We are talking about it. If, if it wasn't Dewdrop, we wouldn't be saying a word. I guarantee it. Possibly. But Are you, uh, you, you going to feel the same way when uh, Bronson Reed comes out with Naomi and he's Funkasaurus 2.0? Well, I think he was going to be the love child of the typhoon, and the uh, <laughs> typhoon had an illegitimate love child that was Bronson Reed. Uh, back to the ricochet spot. Uh, good match, kind of a short match. Didn't really uh, showcase exactly what these guys could do because both of them, they're very, very talented guys, obviously. Um, back to what Corey said about uh, Johnny Mundo and uh, the Lucha Underground days. I realized this week uh, the Tubi app, T-U-B-I, Tubi, has all the Lucha, Gra- Lucha Underground episodes. So if anyone wants to go out there and uh, check out Lucha Underground or relive it again, check out the Tubi app and go download that and find out what it's all about. VPN. Don't forget that. You got to have or VPN. Well. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Raw pretty much uh, was better because it's not that good recently. So... <laughs> In, in, in any form, if it's going to be uh, a little bit better, I'll take it, man. I'm just uh, at the point now where it's like, I don't know. I'm not being naive, but at the same time, I'm being a little more accepting. Uh, I, I, I haven't watched Raw regularly in about six years, probably probably a little less than that, probably four years. And there is nothing more relieving than realizing you don't have to spend that three hours every Monday night stuck to that TV being disappointed. Just let it go, man. Let yourself free. Spread your wings. It's yeah. habitual, honestly. I, agree. Yeah. I, mean, I used to take Raw, and I'd watch probably to the first part where I would kind of roll my eyes and say, you know, there's nobody at the helm. There's nobody steering the ship. And I just kind of leave it on in the background and listen for anything that might happen. But, I mean, the last two weeks, I think I've actually sat down and I've actually watched the entire show, uh, which is different. Um, but, yeah, uh, the dewdrop thing really stymies me in terms of the logic behind it. You know, you had me come out for one week. Dewdrop abandoned the Eva Marie on the side of the ring. I figured that was going to be the end of it, that, you know, they'd split them prematurely and to go her own way. But no, she comes out again this week, and this time even Marie turns around and abandons her. Uh, I don't know where they, where they could possibly go with this. Like, is this going to be a recurring thing? Like, each week is going to be who, who gets to abandon the other one first? See who gets in the ring first, and then you know, the other one takes off or leaves her alone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, it was really set up when they first came out, and she named her Dewdrop. And the expression on Piper's face during that segment, you could tell that she hated it. And I thought for sure they were just going to let that grow and grow to the point where, you know, she'd eventually turn out to be like Virgil and Ted DiBiase, and then they'd split, and then they'd, you know. But no, in the very first match, Dewdrop turns around, you know, leaves even Marie hanging. But then this week, there's no sort of comeuppance. Even Marie didn't do anything like besides abandon her ringside, and then Piper won the match anyway. I, you know, I do think there's a big missed opportunity there with Piper Niven. She's an opportunity for 
the horrible women's roster that's on Raw to have somebody who is, you know, a bigger girl who's a threat that probably won't injure half the roster like Nia Jax. Yeah. And they're just squandering it. Uh, you know, having her saddle with Eva Marie who can't wrestle. You know, well, she's horrible. <laughs> well, there's not there's nothing wrong with putting her with Eva Marie because Eva Marie is a good like manager character and like they don't really use managers anymore, so she can still be a superstar. And then it's a good way to bring Piper in as a heater for, I guess, is heater the term or a strong man? I can't remember what exactly the term is. But, you know, when they put, like, Kevin Nash with um, Shawn Michaels, they yeah. wanted somebody there to protect him, to add more legitimacy to it. So I, I think she plays a good role there. I just – I don't get the do drop thing. Is it supposed to be funny? Like, uh, they've done some good stuff where they had her go as Piper. And uh, – but – I, I don't get it. I I don't get the humor behind it. It doesn't make me chuckle. Yeah. It's the direction of the WWE and the way Vince runs things, in my opinion. Uh, you could have a dozen girls on the roster that are great wrestlers and can go out there and have great wrestling matches. Vince don't give a shit about that. He wants moments. He wants characters. He likes Eva Marie. She's a beautiful woman. I'm sure she's a nice girl, obviously. He gets along with her, has something you know, in her that he wants to showcase. Um, for him to put Dewdrop with her and to call her Dewdrop, I think is a, a reflection on Eva Marie character that she's so vapid and so clueless and whatever that she called her Dewdrop. But it's all leading to the moment where, yes, she is going to turn on Eva Marie. And it's just leading to that big moment where she splashes her, which is an awesome move, by the way. She beat Asuka. Um <laughs> But it's all leading to that moment, and that that's it. I mean, we could have Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler in a five-star match, but we're getting Eva Marie and Dewdrop. Yeah, Ke Kevin Dunn said that one time when we were we were at a really good point with women's wrestling in WWF, WWE, and it got really good. All the matches were really competitive, enjoyable to watch. And Kevin Dunn just looked at Vince and was like, what happened to you know the good-looking girls we had? Like, this isn't doing anything for me. And right. they went back in that direction. It's true. I don't know. Um, Nikki Ash, almost a superhero. Uh, Harry, what's your thoughts on the old Nikki Cross, Nikki Ash transformation? What do you think is behind all this? You know, again, I got to say, it's the exact same argument uh, that I have for Dewdrop. It's like, again, we weren't really focusing on Nikki Cross, but now she's dressed up like a superhero. We cannot stop talking about it. Eyes are on her. It's like, that's. You know, is I I hope she does well with with the gimmick. To be honest, I'd like to see her win the Money in the Bank. I'm I'm rooting for. Her. Why not? She's a good wrestler. I mean, you know, uh, Burry, have you been following this at all? Have you caught the uh, Eve or Eva? Sorry, <laughs> Nikki Ash yeah. character. Yeah, so uh, apparently it was her idea. Uh, they weren't doing anything with her, and I feel terrible because you guys all know Nikki Cross was a little bit big-boned, and I mean, she dropped so much weight. I saw her go out there, and she's like half the size of what she used to be. She's really slender, and uh, she's really been trying hard to make headway there, and I guess nothing else was working, so she decided to go for a change, and I guess the inspiration is kind of like Molly Holly-ish, but... I mean, it's so stupid. I know, Harry, what you're saying. Like, geez, like we're talking about her at least, and at least it give her. There's some people that say the only reason she never got caught in the last run was because of this new try with this new character. So, I don't know. I'll give her credit for trying something new, but for me, like, 
I mean, she was so good in NXT doing what she was doing. I don't know why they needed to go in a different direction, but here we are. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of looking for some redeeming factor with it all because it really did seem so let out of left field. Um, I kind of hypothesized this week what we were talking a little bit during Raw. Uh, perhaps Alexa Bliss maybe got her, you know, under a spell. Maybe she's a little voodoo magic going on or something. Uh, I don't know. That could be the only thing in my mind that would kind of explain it. But then again, does it really need explanation? Uh, Corey, do you want to really... Finish up on the Nikki Ash situation. I know you're not a huge fan, but what are your uh, thoughts no. on this I week? mean, I keep crossing my fingers, like you said, after that conversation that we had during Raw this week, that where the change was so sudden, that maybe it is the fact, and they keep pairing her with Alexa, that maybe Alexa is responsible for her becoming the superhero, and that will eventually get revealed, you know, through whatever hypnosis sort of thing that she does. I think that'd be great. I mean, I thought Nikki was coming along really well there at the end of uh, before the superhero things, having a few wins over Charlotte. So, you know, it really did come out of left field when she all of a sudden showed up and put on the costume. Uh, I mean, she's really embracing it, and she puts everything that she has into it, which is really entertaining. Um, I don't like, I don't mind her being the superhero. Uh, I kind of anticipate, you know, Molly Holly and Hurricane Helms will probably show up at some point to offer her some advice and some segments on Raw. Because, uh, you know, there are producers on the show now. Um, but, you know, it's just how sudden it was, the change. So if they link it together with Alexa Bliss, and that's why they're, you know, teamed together, like, for the last couple of weeks, that would be really cool and a really nice way to tie it together. It makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, I don't have any trouble with the gimmick uh, moving forward, just how sudden it came up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, the end out, Rob, of course, we had the main event, the triple threat between Orton, or Orton, Orton, uh, Matt Riddle, <laughs> uh, subbing for Randy Orton, uh, AJ Styles, and of course, Drew McIntyre, who uh, got the big win. Uh, this match went about 28 minutes, guys. Uh, pretty decent match. Uh, I thought Riddle was going to win. Didn't. Uh, Drew ended up getting the big win, and now he has a shot in the money in the bank, right? So... I don't know where's this heading. Uh, the logical thing would maybe to be given Drew that opportunity to get around the uh, little clause that they had where he lost Lashley and stuff. But um, overall, I don't know. What's your thoughts, Burry? Uh, how are you feeling, Drew McIntyre, lately? I've been done with Drew McIntyre for a very long time, and it's so sad too because he's so good and he's got so much talent. But man. They just left him out there. And I, I pity when they get back in front of live crowds, like how he's going to be received when he goes out there looking like the Highlander with his big stupid sword. And I like, I love him too. Like I, I, I think he would have been an excellent champ if they just let Drew be Drew in front of crowds, but you know, casualty of the pandemic and my God, have we seen Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley so many times in the course of this past year. That was a few, the first time they did it, that didn't have any chemistry. I don't know why they thought it would be any different this time, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a little forced at this point now. Um, Drew, uh, Drew's different now. I mean, yeah, he was Drew McIntyre, big tough badass when he was champ and all that, but he's quoting like all these proverbs and like old stories of uh, William Wallace and all this stuff. Like, I'm not feeling that shit, man. I don't know what Vince is smoking, but uh, Corey, what are your thoughts on Drew right now? 
Yeah, I mean, it really does seem like they're writing Drew just based on a cursory search of Wikipedia Scottish history. I mean, everything that comes out of him lately is all about his ancestors and William Wallace and fighting and, you know, that's the entire length of Scottish history that Vince knows and that's how he's going to write Drew. I mean, that's a very limited run that you can get out of that. Uh, I have to agree with what uh, what Mike said about you know, he comes out there with the sword and everything now, and he's really leaning into this Braveheart thing. Uh, I don't like it nearly as much as when he was just a tough Scottish guy that came out there and whooped your ass. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, once they had him go through that little run with Seamus, and they were kind of playing off each other, being friends, and they're shared like being from the UK, and I don't know, I, it really went downhill uh, for me from there. I like seeing Lashley and Drew fight. I think that they're two of the better big men that they have. Uh, so they have really entertaining matches. But, yeah, I can't get behind the character anymore. Just doesn't have that appeal that he did, uh, you know, back when he was facing Brock. It's just not the same. No. no. Seems to be losing a little cachet to me. Um, Harry, do you think Drew McIntyre really has a shot at the money in the bank at this uh, point? I think he does, but... Using it against Bobby Lashley to get around that stipulation it doesn't make sense to me. It's like the rule was you don't get a shot at Bobby Lashley as long as he's champ. That would include the money in the bank as far as I'm concerned. It, it doesn't matter what means you got to go after him with the for the title. He can't yeah. because Bobby Lashley is champion. And that's the only rule that it was. Well, well, the smart money on that, if I'm booking this, and I always try not to do that because I, I feel like a tool. But uh, anyways, if I'm booking this, I would have Drew win. Then I would have him help somebody who shouldn't have a chance of beating Lashley, beat Lashley. Like, say Miz gets another opportunity for a rematch or whatever it is. <laughs> Drew McIntyre comes out, kills Bobby Lashley, puts Miz on top of Lashley. Miz wins the title again. Then he cashes in immediately right after the match. That's how you do that one. The only way I could see it actually working out in my head is uh, if if he wins, and that's what we're looking at here, um, the draft is coming up. You always got that in the back of your mind. He could be going to SmackDown, cash in, finally beat Roman Reigns. So, yeah, I don't know. A lot of different opportunities there and a lot of different ways it could go down, but we'll see. Um, moving on to NXT this week, guys. Uh, pretty solid show. I don't know if I'm being a little biased. I always like NXT, but uh, top to bottom, it was a good show. Um, lots of stuff going on. A big surprise uh, title change. Um, Isaiah Swerve Scott beat Bronson Reed for the North American title. Uh, Zia Lee kicked uh, Mercedes Martinez's head off, gave her a concussion. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Io Shirai and Zoe Stark won the uh, Triple Threat Tag Team Match for the opportunity at the, the women's tag titles. And uh, a few brawls and stuff going on. Um, Samoa Joe seems to be working as the uh, tough guy, as uh, Commissioner Regal's right-hand man. He's uh, stepping in there, or not stepping in there, should I say. And uh, I don't know, a lot of stuff going on. Harry, uh, did you catch NXT this week? Oh, I caught it from top to bottom. What were the big uh, points that you uh, want to touch on? Well, definitely the most shocking moment because I said, I remember we were in the chat and I said, Bronson Reed came out. I said, there's no way in hell they're taking the title off him this early. Not a chance. And sure enough, hit row. And it was just over. (laughs) It was, you know, I was like, oh, crap. It's like, what the hell? 
So I think Bronson might be getting a call up possibly to uh, the Raw or SmackDown in the near future and uh, heaven help him. Oh, is uh, he ever? Before. Is he ever? <laughs> heaven help him. But, yeah, uh, that would make <laughs> it's true. Vince, first, um, thing, first thing Vince said to him when Vince went down there and was talking to him was like, hey, how do you feel about dancing with Naomi? Oh, oh man. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm being uh, cautiously optimistic again. I hope he goes up there and does something. But, I mean, Damien Priest, again, I hope he did something. They're kind of like treading water with him right now. Not everyone's a riddle. So, I mean, you yeah. know. Yeah. And even uh, even Riddle, are they using Riddle right? Like Riddle's hilarious and he's doing fun stuff. But I mean, like Riddle could like dominate the brand like as an in-ring competitor, but they're doing jokey stuff with him. Like, do you feel he's being utilized the best way? It depends on what way you look at it. I really it. do. I think that they're getting out of Riddle. If they're in this situation where they want to get people who are characters more than just yeah. wrestlers, they're making the most out of them. And they're not making Riddle look like a joke either. When he gets in there and tears it up, he can rip the head off of everybody there. And yeah. they're showing him that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he is entertaining in the fact that they're really leaning into the stoner gimmick. Uh, and I find that every segment that he's on, you know, I legitimately get a laugh out of something. It, either through he does something that's really unexpected or something that's just really outlandish or foolish sounding. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've never not been entertained by Riddle. Uh, yeah. Even before they started going you know, heavy with the stoner comedy. I always thought he was really interesting as a character. <laughs> I'm I'm nervous about Bronson. I love Bronson. I think the world of Bronson. He's made uh, NXT very enjoyable for me. But man, they do not have a good history of working with bigger guys. I mean, Keith Lee up went up there, and they thought they were putting the rockets on Keith Lee. They got him a win over Randy Orton, but they changed his music and said, "No, nah, you're too fat. You got to put on a T-shirt." And like, I don't know how they did it. At one point, he had some kind of jungle skirt. Like, they just ruined him. And I'm hoping that they uh, have more respect for Bronson's character and can see past his weight. Yeah, I hope so, too. It's almost uh, a foregone conclusion. People got their minds made up already before people get called up. But, uh, I mean, the track record speaks for itself, honestly. But uh, to get back on track with the whole NXT show, um, the Zia Lee kick on Mercedes, guys, that was absolutely brutal. Scary. Honestly, I didn't realize at first it was as intense as it was until she went for the cover and Mercedes was almost like stiffened up. It's it's oh, a yeah. response. Honestly, it's a, maybe in, in watching or you guys realize that when you get a concussion, sometimes you go into a fencing response is what it's called and with your limbs stiffen or anything like that happens. But it was it was odd, man. It was really weird to see. And, you know, they threw up the X and all that stuff. But. Uh, yeah, I hope she I hope she recovers from that, and you know there's no big big damage. But Zaya got to watch that kick, man. She's good. I like that, and I like the character and all that stuff with the the supernatural Mei Ying and uh, Boa and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, she got to tone down that kick. What do you, what are your thoughts on the old kick there, uh, Corey? Yeah, uh, I mean I've been a fan of this the Tin Shah storyline since it started. I'm a big sucker for people who have like the mystery presence in the background and the mystery surrounding. I'm a sucker for that stuff. Uh, but I mean, it seemed like Zia Lee has some is someone that's been in their system for you know since the first May Young Classic, I think. Um, 
And what's interesting, I think, was that I think I recently read that the person who actually is Mai Ling is Karen Q, who she faced in the first round of the Mae Young Classic, which would be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, that kick that she does. Um, you know, I mean, she, for somebody who's been in the company now for, you know, going on three years, um, she's still pretty green. Um, seeing her do that this week, I actually went back through the last couple of matches that she had, like against Mercedes at the pay-per-view and then a couple of others and stuff. And you can really see that she is not quite as TV ready as I think that they think she is. Um, and it kind of makes me fearful, I guess, for the fate of this angle in that if she you know, really has her Mercedes, would they take her out of the picture or and you know prematurely end this angle and then nothing will come out of it? Or, you know, will others wind up getting hurt as a result? I'm hopeful that it won't and hoping that, you know, they'll carry on with the way that it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jaya is just somebody who needs to improve her game to be at in a storyline that is at this level that's, you know, continuing from week to week and pay-per-view to pay-per-view. Uh, she needs to get a lot better and quick before she really hurts somebody. I agree. Um she has good character, but the in-ring stuff needs to be improved right now. Um, big brawl between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly this week. Uh, they're setting up for their match at Great American Bash next week. Uh, Samoa Joe came out, but didn't exactly uh, break up the action because uh, Adam Cole was in the uh, submission hold and whatnot. But um, I, I, I don't know. I like these guys, but I don't want to see them in another match. Honestly, together, it seems to be a little uh, been there, done that. Burry, what's your thoughts? I agree. I mean, like, there's certain feuds you can watch every single time. Like, we can watch Kevin Nolan, Sami Zayn, no matter how many times. We can watch, uh, honestly, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. It didn't matter what was happening. I'd watch them again and again and again. But I don't care about this. <laughs> and it, I should. I should care about it. I mean, they were together for so long, like Blood Brothers. I should want to see every single time they go at each other, and I just don't. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you. I think I'm just in, you know, that PST. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like the Undisputed Era shouldn't have broke up, and I feel yeah. like that's carrying over my little bit of sourness towards it. Uh, yeah. I, go ahead. I, why didn't they make it to the main roster? Like, there was so much there, and we were all waiting for it. Undisputed Era could have kept going, and now you've got uh, – Oh, Roderick Strong has gone off on his own in like the diamond mind, and he seems like a bit player in that too. Like, I, I don't get it, man. Like, uh, I, it, they should not have broke up on Disputed Era. They should have went right up to the main roster, ran over people, and this should have been it. The fact that they broke him up, and now Kyle O'Reilly, who I loved, who was hilarious, they're trying to pass him off as like great value Orange Cassidy, or you can say whatever you want, but it just, it, it I don't like it. I, I think this whole thing was just stupid. Yeah, I don't know, guys. It, it, I don't know. I don't want to harp on it too much, but it seems like the fact that the Undisputed Era, they're all great wrestlers, but they're all very small wrestlers. Uh, Kyle has bulked up a bit, but Adam Cole gets so much flack for being so small. I think that the fact that they were all together made them a little bit bigger, mm -hmm. and they could be, you know, maybe taken more serious as opposed to branching these guys off and, you know, I don't know. I wish them all the best, but I, I definitely prefer them back together in the Undisputed Era. Um, 
Corey, what's your thoughts on the old Karrion Cross Gargano situation? They seem to have a little bit of a, a brawl going on this past week as well out in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Gargano and, and Cross got into in the parking lot and eventually Karrion Cross lost his mind and tried to run Johnny over with his car. Uh, and, you know, Samoa Joe had to step in and pull Johnny out of the way. Um, I'm kind of curious about where this is going. Uh, I, know, I know that with Cross having appeared on main event and some dark matches lately, that his time in NXT is probably pretty limited. Uh, but having him almost run over Johnny with his car kind of defaults Johnny almost into the face position in this feud, right? Uh, which I I like. I mean, Johnny as a face was great. I mean, he was like the ultimate underdog and you know, the small guy that fought back against all odds. But him being paired with the way currently, you know, really is great. I mean, they're good heels in terms of being like the dorky kind of heels. Like, you know, they come across as, you know, laughable, but you really still don't like them. <laughs> uh, so I kind of don't want him to default back to being a face, uh, especially if Cross is on the way out. You know, we need somebody, if if Cross is going to be on the way out, it seems like they're going to have this match between Gargano and Cross. And if the idea is to take the title off of Cross, I'd rather that the title stay with the heel, just because, you know, I'd like that better. Um, but, yeah, putting, you know, Cross in the position where he's putting Johnny in danger that way uh, really does kind of get the crowd behind Johnny. Uh, I think that, you know, they're running the risk of having him turn face, and you're going to wind up having the way have to turn face or split up, which I don't want. Um, I do like the fact that, you know, they're having these little segments where Joe is uh, helping some people, and then he was kind of slow to step in to help Adam Cole. I thought that was great. I do think that they're kind of leading towards eventually Samoa Joe will fight Adam Cole. Maybe, like, that'll be Cole's last match in NXT, and then it'll move on to the main roster, maybe with the draft. But I do get the feeling that they're kind of leading towards Samoa Joe at some point. Getting so irate with Adam Cole that he's going to snap and mass Regal, you know. Can I just go tear this guy's head off or something or get him out of here? Um, so I do like the role for Samoa Joe currently. Uh, but, yeah, I'm kind of concerned about them shifting Gargano to almost a face just by default against Cross on his way out. <laughs> yeah, totally. I agree. Um they're both heels, so it's kind of hard to get into one or the other because, I don't know. Uh, it's all leading to Great American Bash next week, though, guys. Next week, they got five big matches. As we uh, just mentioned, Karrion Cross will be taking on Johnny Gargano for the NXT title. Uh, Cole and O'Reilly in a what is it, undis- or a unsanctioned match, is it? No, I no it's just straight-up match. A straight up match, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. MSK defend the tag titles against Champa and Thatcher, and uh, LA Knight versus Car- uh, Cameron Grimes. And the way will defend their women's tag titles against Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. Uh, Harry, what are you are looking forward to most on that card right there? Well, uh, that card, I mean, it's so hard to pick, really. I mean, that's a sad card from uh. From top to bottom, yeah. um, I mean, I think I think the women's tag match could be could could be a great could could be a great one. Uh, there, I'm, I'm looking for EO and Stark to uh, to take those titles. There, I think that's going to happen because that'll really further that story where 
they eventually split up after they lose the titles probably in quick fashion, I'd say. Possibly for sure. One uh, title change I could see happening possibly is the men's tag titles. Uh, Ciampa and Thatcher, you know, they're great competitors, but together as a team, they're pretty damn good. And I think for some reason they're going to go over MSK. Uh, Corey, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, this week, I mean, Champa on the mic against MSK was just beautiful. Uh, really made me think back to missing him as NXT champ. Just you know, the darkness that was in him and letting MSK punch him in the face one time and telling him he got that one for free and kissed him on the cheek as the segment was over, just to show that you know they weren't afraid of them and how tough those guys are. Uh, I've been a fan of Timothy Thatcher for a long time as well. Uh, not a big fan of his silent role uh, in this sort of partnership with Champa. I'd like to see him get more time actually on the mic because he actually can speak. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that match is going to be really good. I don't think that MSK has worked out the way, or not as popular, I think, as they kind of thought that they would probably be. I think they were almost kind of like being positioned as like a, a Young Bucks variant or something like that for NXT, but I don't think they've really caught on that way. Um, so, yeah, I think that Champa and Thatcher will probably wind up winning the tag belts uh, at the pay-per-view for sure. Can, can I just say something to that? How do we know that they didn't really take off? Like, we're still in that weird phase where we don't have full audiences yet. I miss the days of going to NXT when NXT was still really NXT, and you'd hear the fans get behind certain people, the reactions. So we're still not there yet. We don't know if anybody's really got behind anybody or not. Well, I'm kind of basing it off the fact that I really at times had trouble differentiating between MSK and Everrise, and now we know where Everrise wound up, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overall, the card seems pretty good. It should be a good show, but uh, NXT, you know, they got their fan base. They got their audience. Seems like they're hovering around at 650, 700,000 mark. Um Burry, you're not a real big regular watcher of the NXT. Would you possibly be checking out this Great American Bash card? Oh, yeah. I don't miss a pay-per-view. And one of the big reasons why I wasn't a big NXT fan was I used to be when it was on the WWE Network. And when they took it away to put it on USA and we couldn't watch it for a while, I almost felt like I was slighted because it was like the one wrestling show I religiously watched. And I was like, I don't want to wait till like Friday night to watch this after the news is already out on what happened. So like I almost, I almost got upset that they took it away from just being on the WWE network. So now that it's on Tuesday nights and we can watch it normally, I plan to start watching it again. I, I like NXT a lot. The only thing I don't like is I don't like that it's still considered developmental because it's not really. And I do find it hard that every year you lose so many guys that you get invested in. Like I'm still trying to deal with the fact that Prince Pretty didn't work out in the main roster. I loved him so much. Hmm. Well, he's gone now, so perhaps he'll flourish somewhere else. Um I don't know if any of you guys caught this. I'm just going to throw it in there. Uh, Chris Jericho's rebuttal this week. He was on one of his live streams or his YouTube shows or something. And he kind of went off on critics of his uh, big blood and guts bump off the cage. Yeah. Um, he said if you're, you didn't appreciate it and didn't understand it, you're not a real fan. And uh, he also went out and took a couple of shots at uh, two WWE chicks, as he called them, and said that uh, – Due to their response, uh, if they ever show up in you know six months' time, he'll remember that. 
almost like a real childish uh, response. I love Chris Jericho, and I understand he's working at certain points, but it's almost like he's taken that and kind of used it as a shield, like as an excuse to go out there and just be an ass. Like, he's coming off like an idiot right now, in my opinion. But, uh, Burry, I know you're a big fan. What were your thoughts on the old Jericho this week? Yeah. I blissfully ignore when he does stuff that's not aligned with the stuff I like about Chris Jericho. <laughs> so, like, yeah, he wants to have a rock concert in a pandemic. Who cares? I don't need to know about that. Y2J. Why do? And then, no, I, a lot of these wrestlers nowadays really upset me. Uh, really upset me because they get really back up in order to say you're not a real wrestling fan and you're trying to be too smart about the product. Why can't you just be a fan? And like that, that ship is long sailed. They, they got to stop taking that opinion. We obviously knew that there was like a big crash man there. It looked hokey. I mean, Jericho's got to just man up and say, maybe we shouldn't have put the mat there, or maybe we should have done the spot differently, or at least, you know, Chris Jericho should have said, listen, that spot was incredible. I'm pissed off at the guys for having the cameras right there. So you could tell that it was hokey because they could have shot that from a different angle where it didn't look like shit. Yeah, completely. I mean, the point was that people were criticizing the fact that it looked shitty. We weren't yeah. criticizing the fact that Chris Jericho took that bump and it looked stupid. Da, da, da. It was just the fact that, you know, it exposed it, basically, and it was unnecessary. So, yeah. I don't so know. If, Harry, it, if they did a static shot just at the top of the cage and you watch yeah. Jericho go off, totally fine. They didn't need to do the landing shot. And, I mean, when was Blood and Guts? Like, how many weeks ago was that? Get over it, man. Like, I don't know why you need to be going on your show and sounding off about that shit, but yeah. uh, it just shows that, like, I find a lot of the talent in AEW, and not even just AEW, but in general, uh, can give it but can't take it. Harry, uh, what are your thoughts on the old can give it but can't well, take it? I mean, this is not, this is hardly anything new for Chris Jericho, Chad. Uh, I mean, he's come out on his podcast before and verbally berated the fans. I remember a rant he did a few years ago, uh, you know, where he told all the fans to go to hell if they don't like his wrestling, uh, that sort of thing. He said that he'd fight any fans who ever booed him at his Hall of Fame induction into the WWE. It's like, this is nothing new for him. It's like, when the fans call him out on his, you know, call him out on something that he does wrong, he doesn't like it. Yeah, he comes off a little childish, in my opinion. But like you said, that's nothing new in terms of Chris Jericho uh, kind of you know, thrown back at the fans. I mean, I can remember almost 20 years ago, he had a match with Rob Van Dam at King of the Rain 2002. And it was a great match looking back on it. But at the time, it did get criticized. And online, it wasn't as big a community as it is now. But a lot of people shit on it. And he came out and said, like, you're not real wrestling fans. The exact same, you know, excuse. But, Corey, do you think Jericho's being a little, little too sensitive? Yes, definitely. I mean, I give lots of credit to Chris Jericho. He's probably one of my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. Master of reinventing himself and keeping himself relevant, you know, year over year over year. But yeah, he does take a lot of the things that are said about his matches or his performances online, like, to heart. And rather than, you know, treating it as a learning opportunity and just saying, you know, sure, it's a sign that, you know, AEW is a young company and you know, we're still learning and, you know, we have to put our experience into growing and, you know, how to produce things better and stuff like that. You could have easily done that and not taken it and, you know, spat back at everybody uh, about it. 
Uh, but yeah, he does come across as being pretty childish when it comes to these sorts of things. Um, if, he, if it wasn't for the fact that he is Chris Jericho, I wonder how long he'd probably stay with any sort of company if he got on you know, social media and started berating the fans like he does. I mean, he's at the stage in his career, I guess, where he feels like he can do anything he wants and he's untouchable. Um, but yeah, he well, needs to grow up. <laughs> well, he he, he kind of is. I mean, let's be yeah. honest here. I mean, he's uh, almost done. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can pretty much say whatever the hell he wants. Um, but he doesn't have to do it that way. He could come across as a sensible person and not attack people. <laughs> he, he said something on Austin's podcast a couple of weeks ago that uh, he really took personal responsibility for the success of AEW. And I think um, I know sometimes like his reactions, people can take it the wrong way, but I think for him, he takes it as a failing for the company as a failing on him because he really does feel like he's the um, senior person making sure that the entire company is working well. He really does feel that way that he's trying to guide these young people and teach these young people to go forward. And, uh, Honestly, hearing stuff from the fans, especially the smart marks, like especially for older wrestlers that grew up in the different style, they don't like they don't like hearing our feedback. We shouldn't have an opinion. Like WWF, the big guys in WWF are the same opinion too. Like, you know, you can't go to Triple H and say Mr. Helmsley or whatever the you want to call him. You can't say I have a suggestion for you. He's like, I don't care. You're not involved in wrestling. You don't know what you're talking about. It's the old school mentality. Unless you've done it, you don't really get an opinion. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He he's definitely the captain of the roster, and, not, and obviously, but why not lead by example, and not be an asshole? Like I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little too critical. But moving on, uh, that segues into AEW Dynamite this week. Back on Wednesday night, uh, this show did about 800k. Good good viewing, uh, good rating. Uh, highlighted by MJF versus Sammy Guevara in the main event. Really good match, guys. I. I'm a little critical of, or a lot critical, honestly, of AEW, but this one I did enjoy. And uh, some other points in the show, which we'll uh, touch on, but uh, first, the main event. Guys, what did you think about that one? Harry, do you want to start it out there, bud? Yeah, that match was phenomenal. Uh, Sammy is definitely, at one point, he is going to be the champion of that company. Uh, he's going to be the face of that company. Don't Make no mistake about it. Like, he was just flying everywhere, all over that ring. Uh, it was a great match. Loved it. Yeah, really enjoyable. I mean, Sammy really showed that his uh, stock is improving. Uh, MJF obviously got a lot of love, but I don't know, guys. I'm getting a little, little sick of MJF, and I think he is getting a little overrated right now, but maybe I'm just being a little, uh, a little too critical in that regard, but... Corey, what were your thoughts overall on the main event? Uh, I really enjoyed the match itself. Uh, I didn't enjoy the ending. Anything that puts Sean Spears on my screen, I'd rather just not watch. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I hate that guy so much. I don't see any appeal to him at all. Wow. Uh, and just the fact that the match, I mean, it was so hyped. Like, everything that they had on the AEW program this week had all this stuff about it was going to be Guevara versus MJF. And it was going to be this big one-on-one -on -one match. And then it ends, you know, with outside interference. I hate when that happens. I, know, I really don't like it. Uh, MJF with that tombstone pile driver off the middle of rope. We talked about that. Yeah. That was just crazy. But then it also seemed like he came up nursing his left knee for the remainder of the match. Mm -hmm. I really hope he's not injured because, you know, he still has to have that blow-off match with Jericho to put an end to that feud. 
Uh, but other than that, I mean, the match was really, really good. The reaction that Sammy gets, uh, like Harry said, I've said it for a long time, uh, Sammy is definitely going to be a champion in that company. Um, the reaction that he got and continues to get every time he shows up, uh, you know, he's real homegrown guy uh, for AEW. Uh, no doubt that he'll be champion inside of a couple of years. For sure. So I'll throw a question out there. You Did you see Sammy before he came to AEW, before Jericho yes. got his grips on him? So he's going out with that, like, pelt around his head. And the headdress. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if Jericho never took him under his wing, brought him in with uh, the whole inner circle thing, and really redeveloped his character, gave him some stance, he, he, in-ring tools, of course he has. But if he didn't give them that character redevelopment, give them the rub and the shine – do you think that he would have the same trajectory trajectory no. that trajectory? No. Sorry. Yeah. No, definitely not. No, it's just because of his association with Jericho and being in that group. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, his old character would not have gotten over. Yeah. And c can we also take a minute? No one should get up from a second rope tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah, like you should be on the way to the hospital. Like you should yeah. not be getting off and finishing the match. That's it. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. Like yeah. I, I love AEW. I've been on the. I've talked about it, but like they do some stuff that really drives me nuts. WWE does it sometimes too. Like I mean, stop using DDTs as drop toe holds. Do not get up from a second rope tombstone pile driver. Make moves, mean moves. I don't mean to make matches boring, all punches and kicks, but like, come on, you know, keep the sanctity of some of these moves, please. Yeah, yeah. They're somewhere in the middle. I mean, Jesus Christ, we're using Canadian uh, destroyers as a transition move. move. As a transition no, move, like, like come on. and like come you on. can't say you can't say it's AEW because you can't say it's AEW because I think I've got a Survivor Series 2001 maybe DVD here in my house, and the third match is Test versus Eddie Guerrero, and the match starts with lock up something into that. Gut wrench power bomb. Gut wrench sit out power bomb is the third move, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing new, but I mean, to be quite honest, AEW does highlight it a little bit more than a lot more other people. But well, they um, have Bucks on their roster, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the Bucks, um, they opened the show to flip it here. Uh, they took on Eddie Kingston and uh, Penta. Um, Little new uh, look for the Bucks, guys. So some new facial hair to go with their uh, ever-growing gimmick. Uh, Burry, you big fan of the Bucks? What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Bucks. The Bucks are still relatively new to me. I never watched any of their stuff before AEW no. became a thing. I'm 100% honest. I never watched New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it's all still very new to me. Uh, they're very spotty. They're like the Usos in the fact that it's super kick spotty, but then they can do some other stuff. They're very talented in other ways. This, this gimmick, I don't really get. I don't get where they're going with it, or this wasn't, unless they're going to get turned on by the Good Brothers, I don't know where this is going. I don't think they needed the titles now to be doing what they're doing, and I don't understand it. What's the point of what they're doing right now? Yeah, what's the end game, really? They're just juice arses. It, that's a hundred percent. It's like they were just sitting around. They were like, you know, we don't really got anything going on. We're tired of being good guys. Let's just be douchebags. Yeah, I don't know. The match was fine. Um, I love Kingston and Penta, but uh, the Bucks, man, they're just such juicers. Maybe it's working. Maybe they get that heel heat. But I don't know. I'm I'm just not liking them for another reason. Corey, you're I, shaking your head. Jump yeah. in. 
it's not heel heat. It legitimately is X-Pac, go away heat. It's, <laughs> I don't want to look at you because you look like idiots. Yeah. And you're so smirky to everybody, like pointing out the fact that you're executive vice presidents in the company in every promo that you have. On you come out with your you know, 70s porn star mustaches in your matches. I understand you're leaning into being a douchebag, but be a douchebag. Don't be, you know, referencing stuff that the casual viewer isn't going to understand as part of your character. Like, mm. I really don't like them. Like, they legitimately come across as assholes. I would not like to know them in real life. <laughs> so, so, so can, can I say something? Like, the whole idea that they're all executive vice producers and, like, they have big roles in the company, but yet they're active superstars doesn't do anybody any favors. Yeah. So, like... Really, even if they were going to be, I know that they, that's how they sold the product. That's how they sold the product to some of the fans so far. But like, do some kind of storyline at some point where they get stripped of all this and bring in some kind of stupid commissioner or something. Doesn't actually have to be anything, but take that away from them. If they're doing that, just leave it in the back. Don't ever bring it up. Don't make a point of it. Don't bring it on TV because it just affects the credibility and everything. Like, I'm cool with them having those roles. But as active talent, that should never be brought up that any of them have any role within the company. It sucks, and it's weird, and it's confusing. Yeah, I mean, that'll appease, you know, the, the casual viewer. But, I mean, the people like us that know in real life that these people are executives in that company, it's not going to do anything to change it to us. We'll always know that those guys work for AEW. Like, they're in charge of it. I'm fine <laughs> with that, but from a storyline perspective. I'm not. <laughs> guys, if you're, this is if you're this in your is own a, company... Don't this, book yourself to be the freaking champion. Well, Cody Rhodes <laughs> yeah. did the opposite. Cody Rhodes stopped, like, basically booked himself never to be the champion. Great. I, I think that's fine. <laughs> but, but this is not like the NHL where Gary Bettman can decide that no Canadian team is ever going to win a Stanley Cup again. I mean, like, the inside joke there. But anyways, like, even if they do become champions, like, there's certain things that make sense about that. And as long as it's done well, I don't have a problem with me knowing, knowing their executive price said vice presidents and being champion like Kenny Omega's run right now I'm fine with because where it's going actually makes a lot of sense like there's a long-term storyline with Hangman Adam Page that they're going to which is actually fantastic so I'm okay with that with Young Bucks there's no direction like I just no, don't know why no. they did it yeah but I think like honestly that's AEW's biggest downfall uh, they just focus on that small honestly uh, niche uh, audience that they have, and they do stuff that is so cutesy and little nods and winks to this little audience that they know will appreciate it. I'm gonna come out with dangly earrings and look like a douche, and uh, I'm gonna do finger guns, and we're gonna flip and do all this crazy stuff. But overall, man, it's not getting to the mainstream, it's not getting out to the people that are just flicking channels, it's not getting out to the people that like wrestling but don't really know what AEW is because it's off putting to a lot of people, man. It's like, like you said, like they're douchebags, yeah. And I'm, I don't want to shit on it too much, but I mean, there is people out there that I do appreciate. There's the, the Miro who's doing awesome right now, and the Lance Archers and uh, Pac. I mean, I love Pac, but. This is not the AEW I signed up for. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be the dead horse, but fuck. I mean, this is not exactly sports-based presentation. This is not what I want us. I wanted a New Japan American version, and this is not it. 
Yeah, they trot out the sports-based thing every so often when they you know point at their records and stuff like that as being the criteria for getting your title shots, which when is great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, it gives the illusion you know that they're kind of sports-based. But yeah, yeah, then there's other stuff like you say. I mean, like I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not consistent. Listen, I, I get it. I get that you're disappointed. It's not what you thought it would be. You wanted more of a New Japan American prog- program. But there is good stuff there. There is stuff that's made this last year no, so much enjoyable. Like, I, I love Adam Page. Like, Hangman Adam Page, like, when he first went up against Jericho, I was like, never put the title on that guy. Like, screw that guy. And then when him and Kenny Omega were the tag team champs, like, the way they broke up, I started getting interested. Just watching him in the ring, like, oh, man, he's so good. So talented the way he moves like i've become the biggest fan of hangman adam page and eventually he's gonna hit kenny omega with that dead eye which is like the stupidest move in the entire world but like it's just crazy uh and he's gonna win the title and i'm gonna mark out like crazy so i'm all in on hangman they've done good things with miro at first it looked like miro was treading water in AEW, and like there's a lot of a lot of good stuff there it's just i get what you're saying it, yeah. it, it's not perfect but man, it's a good alternative, a good real alternative. Finally, yeah, I I totally respect and understand what you're saying, but I don't know. I feel like the bad stuff outweighs the good stuff so badly that it just I don't know, kind of negates it all for me. But again, maybe I'm just being too critical. Little Harry, bit, yeah. little bit. If you watch Monday Night Raw and then you watch AE Dynamite back to back, then it'll you know it's like a palate cleanser, and then you're like AEW is the best thing in the world. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to judge, but then again, it's all in uh, your your own perspective, I guess. But Harry, uh, how critical are you of the old AEW Dynamite, or should I say WWE Dynamite? Ah, uh, WWE <laughs> Dynamite, my favorite show. Uh, it's like, um, no, I mean, there's there's some good with AEW. A lot of bad. I mean, like the Young Bucks. I hate them. Like, I took physical pleasure when I saw one of them eat that pin the other night. But at the same time, why do Eddie Kingston and Penta have a shot now at the titles? Yeah. What's the record that they allude to all the time? Like Corey said, they have, they have no win-loss record as a tag team, not, right. except for this one match. Yeah. yeah, it seems like stuff makes sense when it's convenient, but otherwise it's all just, uh, yeah, let's just yeah. go with it. I mean, Nero, he's after turning this fran- he's after turning his own franchise right around. Like he yeah. went from the best man to the Redeemer, which is the baddest name, baddest ass name I can think of for the guy. He's cool now. He's super cool. I mean, you got Sting running around with Darby Allen, and Darby Allen's just getting beat up, and Sting is just strolling along behind him. He like throw punches, like get off him. <laughs> It's so. It's just so bad. So much wrong with this. Is, oh, uh, <laughs> and I was all about AEW too when, when it started coming on too. I was so really you power. There was a highlight this week. A highlight with Jungle Boy being the first person to get fifty wins in AEW. Yeah. Continues to be uh, one of the shining stars for AEW. Thought that was great. Um, yeah. I know you guys don't watch a lot of the online stuff, like the dark and dark elevation, but. Um, I kind of tune in now and then to see what the results and things are. And uh, Holly Dead was on uh, AW Dark this week. Uh, don't know if you guys are familiar with her work. She lost to Nyla Rose, but it was good to see her on AEW. Hope that she will uh, stick around there. Uh, and they had the match with Britt Baker and Rebel. 
against Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Never right. put Vicky Guerrero in the <laughs> ring again. But it really does seem like they're intent on transitioning Britt to be a face. I mean... They're not. That's the crazy thing. They were trying to make Nyla Rose face. I know. And it seems like it's really bad. (laughs) So, so can we go back a second? Because we got to give Jungle Boy a little bit more credit. And I'm going to come off as pervy here. And that's fine because that's how I really am. But not only did Jungle Boy hit that 50 wins, then afterwards he drops the picture of him making out with Anna Jay and grabbing her ass. And that's the real win of the week. Come on. (laughs) It was. Yeah, I'll take that over 50 wins anytime. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I love Jungle Boy. He's you know he's a good character and stuff, and I feel like it'll connect more when we get back out there with the fans yeah. and stuff. But I don't know. Am I being a little too critical yet again? But it seems like he's lacking a little bit of charisma or something. He's missing something, in my opinion. Mm, I don't know. I think that it's almost like... Can he cut a promo? The fact that he doesn't talk a lot, I think, is almost appealing people i don't know why that is he's almost like the quiet kind of withdrawn almost person but when he gets in the ring he's like you know this seems like the smallest little fellow in the world but yeah you can take it apart i find that really appealing about him uh I, yeah i i throw a lot of uh, similarities to AEW back to wcw and i mean this the typical wcw baby uh, baby face like you think about um be flying Brian back in the day. Like this is like when flying Brian, like that match he had with Kenny the other day, jungle boy is not at the point right now where he should be considered for the world title, but he got an opportunity to go up against Kenny Omega and really highlight himself. And it reminded me so much of like those early flying Brian matches against Ric Flair. You knew flying Brian wasn't going to beat Flair, but they had a great match and they said, wow, Brian Pillman could be something one day. And that's where jungle boy is now. So you're saying, Kenny cut a promo. doesn't matter. He's not at that point yet. He's got years to go, but they're still highlighting to say this is the future yeah how about the new chop on kenny yeah the mutton chops what what is that the franz joseph beard it's the 2005 triple h yeah special (laughs) or the 76 harley race yeah yeah (laughs) um moving on to a little bit of sad news guys we lost another uh wrestling uh great from the past uh del wilkes best known as the patriot uh, passed away on June 30th. Uh, apparently, it was due to a massive heart attack, unfortunately. Um, the Patriots started out actually as the Trooper, if uh, a lot of people didn't realize, in the dying days of AWA. And uh, then he moved on to Global Wrestling and moved on to WCW, of course, as a part of Stars and Stripes team with Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Uh, then did some of his own stuff, obviously, as the Patriot, and then finally moved on to WWF, in 1997, uh, just in the middle of the big red-hot USA-Canada feud. So um, he had a lot of troubles, a lot of, lot of demons, as they say in the biz. But uh, he uh, worked as a, a, a local officer or something in his hometown and stuff for the past 10, 20 years. So he was doing re- – recently he was doing good, but unfortunately uh, had the old heart attack there last Thursday. So – uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the old Patriot, Mike? I'm a longtime fan of the Patriot. I remember being a kid and uh, first getting like PWI magazines, and you used to get the rankings of like guys on different 
circuits, right? And that's yeah. when I first started to hear about the Patriot. And I thought he was such a big deal because you'd also hear about the Dark Patriot. And I couldn't wait to see him. He finally did show up in WCW team with Marcus Bagwell. But it wasn't until he got that big break in WWF that I really, really got interested in him. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, that Kurt Angle music that was iconic, that was originally done specifically for the Patriot, right? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, Del Wilkes, great body. Um, In-ring work is okay, charismatic. Of course, he stole, like, the America gimmick, which was the easiest way to get that babyface heat back in the day, wrestling in the States. But uh, he had something there and uh, always took a special place in my heart. I was so hoping that he was going to beat Brett and win that title. He he did have at least one pay-per-view main event against Brett, didn't he, for the title? He did, yeah. Ground zero yeah, yeah. in your house. <laughs> which was a so, decent match you know it, it's it's sad uh you always when these guys die of a heart attack later on in life you never know if it's you gotta remember that era uh, as much as they were like not juicing they were juicing and then there's also the lifestyle wrestlers have so you don't know if it's a combination of both or one or the other but um he was a big part of wrestling for a little while, and i'll always remember the early days about reading him reading about him in p w i when I was a kid, yeah. Patriot was good. Uh, not a great wrestler. Don't want to shit on dead, but he wasn't like one of the top, top guys. But still, he was pretty solid in his own right. Um, don't want to dwell on it too much. But, of course, he did have his own personal demons, like we said. Uh, I believe it was quoted from one of the books that I uh, came across that he did almost 200 somas a day, which is ridiculously crazy because Michaels and uh kevin nash and all the guys said they used to top out at like a hundred so there there's a little gauge for you if it happens to be true so he was pretty hardcore uh into cocaine you know everything like that good stuff uh <laughs> in the wrestling uh world but harry uh were you a patriot fan in your day and do you have any thoughts on the uh passing of old l wilkes well you know i i do remember that that you know that big feud. Yeah, Bret Hart had his Team Canada, and there was the Team USA, and they bring in this guy to Patriot, and he's just this big, muscly guy with a mask. And I'm like, I don't know anything about this guy. He could be a real difference maker in this feud. He 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 could beat Team Canada. I don't want a Team Canada to lose. I'm I'm pro Canada. Like I, I'm pro Bret. It's like this can't happen. But uh, fortunately, he didn't. Uh, so. <laughs> but it was all good. Uh, but no, I, and that's the extent of my knowledge of the man, really. Um, but obviously, it's bad when uh, you know when any wrestler goes before his time. Uh, you know, so here's uh, here's hoping his uh, you know he, his family uh, recovers from this tragedy. Yeah, his time in WWE was actually really really quick. Uh, it came in at the right time, I think, but yeah. it was a quick uh, little run. It was only a few months. But, uh, Corey, what are your thoughts on the, the Patriot Del Wilkes? Uh, I was a fan of Del Wilkes. Uh, I'm probably the only person here who watched AWA when it was on when I was a kid. <laughs> and I remember seeing him as the trooper uh, in his unmasked role at the time, which was good. I never understood why he converted to somebody who covered his face. I mean, he had that real... You know, movies are kind of good looks, and you know, he spent most of his career under a mask. Yeah, uh, I assume it has something to do with you know the whole cashing in on the America kind of uh, gimmick kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I remember when he went, and you know, he was with Stars and Stripes with uh, with Bagwell, uh, and then when he went to WWF, 
Um, I found his character in WWF, and it was at that time when Brett was a heel when he was in the States, but he was a face when he was in Canada, and they get kind of that weird reaction, and he was part of that. So it was a, an interesting time to be watching it. Um, Dell was serviceable in the ring. I mean, he wasn't in the, you know, outstanding, but, I mean, he was good enough. He had that look that, you know, really should have been probably more than he was. Yeah. Um, sad to hear, you know, that uh, he wound up, uh, you know, having his troubles, you know, as most wrestlers do back in that time uh, with drugs and such. But, I mean, he made it this long, you know, as a, you know, an officer or whatever for you know, 20 years after he stopped wrestling. Uh, so hopefully, you know, my heart goes out to his family. Uh, you know, he left his mark on wrestling for a brief period of time and uh, he'll be remembered that way. It, it's still sad whenever we see these guys from our childhood pass away, man. Like it just, oh, it's man. surreal sometimes, right? Yeah. And it all feels like way too soon. Yeah, absolutely. Way too soon for most of them, to be honest. I mean, look back at that 97 era, like the Hart Foundation is only Brett left. Yep. We lost Vader. We just lost Patriots. Uh, the Road Warriors. I mean, sad, man. It's sad. Really sad. But uh, to liven the mood, Corey, would you uh, like to touch on the Major League Wrestling draft update for this week? Yes, I'm very excited for MLW's return uh, a week from yesterday. So uh, only six days away. Battle Riot will be coming back on July the 10th. Uh, the signings for this week is the return of Jordan Oliver uh, from the Injustice Faction. He's moving up to the heavyweight division, no longer a middleweight. Kid Osborne, as well, who plays the role of Rip Von Erich uh, in there as part of Team Filthy. Uh, looking forward to seeing him renew his feud with the Von Erich brothers over there. And my personal favorite thing I couldn't believe when they announced is joining MLW. Uh, for this season will be Matt Cross uh, was reported as being signed by former Dario Cueto from Azteca Underground now. Hopefully, maybe he'll be returning to his Son of Havoc gimmick from Lucha Underground. Uh, we'll see when he shows up at Battle Riot on July the 10th. Sweet. Matt Cross is a guy that I really thought would get a, a big opportunity before now. Uh, I thought AEW possibly would even sign him. Really good, really good talent there. He is unbelievable in the ring. Like some of the things that he used to do in, uh, you know, Lucha Underground and um, MLW, not MLW, um, I can't remember the name of the Fed, um, but the things that he could do in the ring and come across as he wasn't, he wasn't built like your typical luchador, but mm. he was so agile and so strong. Uh, it was unreal. I was a big fan of his uh, in Lucha Underground. Yeah. For sure. Looking forward to that Battle Riot show, as you said, July 6th, or July 6th, July 10th, mm -hmm. uh, next Saturday night. So, yeah, check it out, guys. It's going to be a good show. Yep. Um, we're running a little bit long, but we're going to keep it going here as we cover uh, last Friday night's SmackDown. A little bit of development going on, heading into Money in the Bank. Uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn had a kick-ass last man standing match. Did anyone manage to catch that one? Harry, did you? Uh, did. You're, not, you're nodding your head. Did you enjoy the uh, last man standing? Oh, I did immensely. It, like when Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens get together, you, you can't go wrong. Like he, never, never. And when he threw Kevin Owens through those two tables, like over the top turnbuckle, and honestly, yeah. <laughs> I thought Kevin Owens was dead. Dead. <laughs> 
I definitely recommend going back and watching it, though, for anyone that didn't check it out. Uh, Burry, did you get a chance to check this one out, or did you see any highlights or anything? Not yet. I, I've got it recorded. Uh, I've got it dynamite and that recorded i got to get to this week. You're definitely uh, going to enjoy it when you do check it out. You're obviously a fan of the two. Uh, I believe it was probably one of the best matches in WWE. They've had quite a few right now, but uh, this one really hit the mark for me. I don't know why, but it was uh, just constant action. And these two just feel each other out, man. It's like they know what the other's doing before the other does it. So it's yeah. definitely uh, one of those real chemistry-driven team or sets of guys. Uh, Bianca and Bailey uh, had a little bit of uh, back and forth, and now it's turned out to be a... I quit match for Money in the Bank coming up next or two weeks, isn't it? Uh, also, Zelina Vega, guys, made a big return and mm. is uh, automatically declared into the Money in the Bank women's match. Um, interesting to see her coming back. There was a little bit of uh, rumors going around for the past few weeks about her resigning. I guess she doesn't uh, support unionization anymore. I don't know. Corey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess, you know, a big contract comes and suddenly your morals go out the window. I guess they back a dump truck load of money up to your house and you're like, what? Unionization? No, I don't like that. I'm not into that anymore. Yeah, it was a surprise. I mean, it was legitimately something that happened on SmackDown that I was legitimately surprised to see. Uh, You know, they announced Lita Vega and out she comes. Uh, But really all it did to me was kind of make me more interested in Liv Morgan. Uh, Liv Morgan came out to complain this is the second week in a row that she got screwed out of not being named into the Money in the Bank match. All legitimate reasons, you know, why is Zelina Vega being put in there? Called out the fact, you know, she hasn't wrestled here for a year or more. <laughs> kind of a subtle nod to the fact that she didn't actually work there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, and then Liv managed to beat her in a match by cheating after she tried to cheat, but still winning over her. I kind of get the feeling that they're actually going to give Liv the Money in the Bank uh, title title. Uh, the briefcase. I don't know. Seems like they're really leading up to something bigger for Liv after all these failed push attempts, I guess, that they started to do, and then the whole thing with the riot squad falling apart, and then she was supposed to be against them, and then they wound up getting back together. Do seem like the start stopped with her all the time, uh, but I'm kind of hopeful that uh, you know this might be the start of something. It seems like a consistent storyline so far, uh, so it was kind of entertaining to see. Uh, but Zelina was definitely a surprise uh, returning. Can, can I ask you a question about Liv Morgan? Like, I've been following Liv Morgan's career for a long time, back to the days when, for some reason, she was dating Enzo Amore. But uh, can she go in the ring? Like, I've been watching her for years. I don't know if she can go in the ring. I've seen her in matches all the time. They're usually really short where really nothing's happening. Can she go? Like, could she be Miss Money in the Bank? She has improved a great deal uh, throughout the years. Yeah. Uh, when she first started uh, back in NXT, she was really green back then. But yeah. since coming up to the main roster and being with the Ride Squad, helped her a lot. And since she's come into her own, she's after really getting better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I she's wish not- that they would dress her different. Like, she's still coming across to me as, like, knockoff Alexa Bliss kind of, mm-hmm. you know, Harley Quinn kind of ripoff sort of thing. But, yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, you know, like I said, it's two weeks in a row where she's had something consistent to do on the show that wasn't just appear in a match and lose or something. So, you know, it seems like they're, they're starting to build her into something. And she's a good-looking girl, too. Like, I'm surprised they've waited so long to do something with her. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, Vince probably didn't realize she still worked there or something. Um, <laughs> well, actually, they did realize it because she's the only person left that could go into that match on, from the rock. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think about this whole Baron Corbin thing, man? It looks like he's getting uh, a little depressed over his uh, loss of a crown. Uh, he also lost some money, apparently, over his investments. Uh, this story is so over the top that I'm actually kind of enjoying it. Uh, never thought I'd say that about a Baron Cor Corbin angle, but uh, I'm not hating it, guys. What are your thoughts on uh, oh, no. Baron Corbin? <laughs> I no, hate it. <laughs> no, the Corey. no. Um, Baron Corbin just came off of a lengthy run as you know, King of the Ring. And he was a general asshole to everybody. And now over the last couple of weeks as he lost the crown, he comes across as this real sad sack loser. And I'm like, are we supposed to feel bad for him? I, I don't feel sympathetic towards him at all because he's an asshole. <laughs> you know, he comes out, he I lost it on TV. And all I can feel about it is like, I should be laughing at him. Like, I don't want him to succeed. There's no reason why he lost the match. He lost the title or the crown to Nakamura. He didn't get cheated out of it or anything. So I don't feel like, you know, he's not going to be a face. Really, oh, he was there for us to laugh at at the moment. And I feel guilty about that a little bit because I'm like, I shouldn't laugh at somebody just for well, no reason. Well, well in, in, normal, there. <laughs> in, normal, in normal storytelling situations, what they're trying to do is what's called humanize him because he's been an elitist in an elite role. So they're trying to make you see that He's not that elite. Like, bad things can happen. They're trying to humanize him. Then they'll do a slow progression towards building him back up again as a face. That's the idea. If they were really humanizing him now, they wouldn't have the commentary team laughing at him with us. They would Maybe. have to pity for him. Yeah. But they're not. They're actually laughing yeah. at him. Like, yeah. we're laughing at him. Yeah, but it's WWE. They're messed up. Like, they, they don't know how to develop they, anyone. They, Look at what, I'll always go back to how they booked Roman versus Miro for the U.S. title. Miro was the bad guy, but yet Roman was doing all the shitty things to him. And they were like, oh man, the fans are going to love Roman. It just made him look like an asshole. You were just like, yeah. poor Miro, man. This other guy is some asshole ruining yeah. his wedding. <laughs> yeah, I man. don't understand. Like, you know, when they put Corbin out there in this sort of role where he's playing, you know, the sad sack and everything bad is happening to him, just after he comes. Months and months and months of being an idiot to everyone. Nobody's going to say, "Oh well, poor, poor Baron Corbin." I yeah. hope you know he gets his life on track and things are good to him. I don't care about that, and so I struggle with that. Like they should have taken him off TV for a while. Maybe have little vignettes where it's revealed that he lost money or something, and the commentators don't laugh at him mm. to make you know the humanization work. We're, we're, we're going to get into a much longer conversation there because there's a fundamental problem with the way wrestling is right now in the fact that people have long-term contracts because you see them too much. The great thing about the old day was someone would come in, have a hot run as a bad guy to go against Hulk Hogan, and guess what? They didn't stick around afterwards. They went and worked somewhere else for a while, so you didn't 
have them too much. It's like Big Show. Here's Big Show, a special attraction wrestler, and he's on TV every single week. He can't win all the time. So eventually he's losing. He loses some of his luster, and then you don't care about him. Then you don't care about his 75 turns to keep him relevant. There needs to be some time away, and this is what wrestling's going to get better at. Randy Orton's incredible. When you don't have anything for him to do, just let him stay home for a couple weeks. Let somebody else shine, and then bring Randy back when you need something. Still pay him, but, you know, I think they're missing a prime opportunity here for the return of the Repo Man. <laughs> like, like Baron Corbin could be the new Repo Man. Like the original Repo Man took his car, and now everyone's laughing at him. And now Baron Corbin has to take stuff from everybody else. <laughs> like, I'm gonna take everything. Yeah, to I, I would he watch that with the mask and everything. It's like a I would totally watch. That. <laughs> so Corbin. <laughs> Were you guys fans of Baron Corbin when he had his uh, initial NXT run? Like when he was doing the whole Goldberg thing where people were counting down till he hit the end of days, all that stuff? I was I've always Baron liked Corbin. Baron Corbin. Pardon? When he, was, when he was in NXT, I was a fan of Baron Corbin. Yeah. What'd you when say, Chad? I missed yeah. that. No. I always liked Baron Corbin, to be honest. Yeah. So, even, I mean, even recently? Oh, well, the King thing got. Stale and shitty, but I don't think. What about a, the GM? I don't think that that's his it, fault. It is mid card the yeah. vortex of interchangeable people on the roster. But, that was awful too. <laughs> like the I'm, only I'm, time. Go ahead, Burry. I'm sorry, but like the smallest things, you can tell when a wrestler is going to be killed and it's over. And like when he came up to the main roster, Vince looked at him and goes, oh, I don't like his belly button. Figure out some way to put some kind of weird shirt on him all the time. You knew it was over for him right then because he had that weird, like, you know what I mean? The smiley face belly button. And like, that was it. It was just game over. But like, they were never going to. Pardon? He did it. Yeah, he put like this weird like tank top that also has straps that looks like a bra. Like you knew it was over. Yeah, but then he got to wear um, a dress shirt, almost looked like a waiter for over a year. Yeah. Uh, then he got to wear the the cape or the the jacket and the crown for almost a year or two. Uh, Baron Corbin's a utility player. He does everything that you ask him to. That's why Vince loves him. Yeah. And. Apparently, the trademark has been made for Happy Corbin. So when Happy Corbin wins the IC title, all you guys are going to eat your words. <laughs> you're, 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 you're joking. I'm not joking, Barry. I want to see Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin only, is coming, boys. Only if he gets like strength from like fueling up on like antidepressants because he's so depressed from all the stuff that happens to him. Oh, my God. Maybe, maybe I'll like him, but yeah. Santa Corbin. Perhaps they teamed up with uh, Nikki Ash. Maybe they'll be Happy Corbin and Nikki Ash. Happy Corbin and Nikki Ash. Can I I ask a question? Why even trademark that? Do you really think someone's going to steal that? Like, oh, we got a million dollar idea here. Right? Oh, God. Um, Overall, SmackDown is a decent show. Not that good, not that bad, but. They're building, I've, again, we've said it last week, but they're just treading water right now, waiting to get back in the live crowds. So fingers crossed uh, this time in two weeks, we'll be uh, talking about a greater SmackDown with some fans. Uh, let's wrap it up now with the question of the week. Uh, since it's July 4th, we've got a little bit of a, a American theme here. Um, fellas, I'm going to throw it out to you. Which wrestler best exemplified the spirit of America in his character. So 
through the years, who is your favorite American style character? Burry, do you have an answer? <laughs> the holster. No one did it better. Honestly. No one. No one. Harry, what are your thoughts? Well, as big as a fan as I am of Hulk Hogan, I gotta give it up for Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Just because you know, everybody chants USA when that man shows up. He enters a room wrestling that or not. USA, USA. He wrestled here at Memorial Stadium, 1987. Bunch of Newfoundlanders in the crowd, hardcore Newfoundlanders. And USA, for no reason, other than the fact that the Hacksaw Jim Duggan in there. Waving the American flag. That's a fair point. <laughs> Corey, uh, who's your favorite American wrestler? Not American wrestler, but you know, no. Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, baby. Nobody did more to, you know, encapsulate the idea of the American dream and the common man and fighting back against, you know, if you don't meet the same, you know, you don't look like the prototypical wrestler and you fight against your challenges and appealing to everybody on that common level. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, definitely for me. Putting on <laughs> yellow polka dots when somebody gives you a big old thing. <laughs> Well, I should I should qualify that NWA Dusty. There you go. Oh, man. Not, not not the polka dot wearing Dusty. Oh man, when he used to yeah. do that atomic elbow and his two moves and start moving around like two fried <laughs> eggs. Oh. Yeah, big difference between polka dot Dusty and NWA Dusty for oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, that was my pick. Also, Dusty is the American dream, so obviously he was my favorite. But uh, yeah, we're not going to go any further into that. I think it speaks for itself. He was one of the greatest for sure. Uh, guys, I uh, want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Fogtown Barber, uh, down on 134 Water Street here in St. John's, Newfoundland. Uh, they're going to give you the best haircut, shave, wax, whatever you're looking for right now down there. Uh, check out the guys and girls down there. And you can also go to fogtownbarber.com and uh, have a look at the side shop. Uh, they got a lot of stuff in their retail shop. And right now, if you use the code Wrestling Shed, you'll get 10% off any of your purchases. So check those guys out right now. They'll uh, take care of you and make you look good for this upcoming summer. And, uh, yeah, get some swag, too, and save some money using the, the wrestling code or Wrestling Shed code. Sorry. Uh, that also brings me to uh, I got a little giveaway. So we got a, a Fogtown shirt, actually. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. We got a Fogtown T-shirt going to be giving it away. And this past week in the shed, we had a little bit of a, a, a post uh, talking about Canada Day and stuff. So anyone that replied in that post, I'm throwing their name in the hat, to be honest. I couldn't pick just one. They're all good uh, wrestling cards. So anyone that replied in that, I'm going to put your name in the hat. And on next week's Wrestling Shed Live, I'm going to do the live draw for the T-shirt. And, uh, yeah, good luck to everyone who uh, threw their name in the hat for that. So uh, we're getting down to it now, fellas. I'm going to wrap it up, but I want to thank everybody for joining us, especially uh, my Wrestling Shed brotherins. Harry, thank you so much for joining us yet again, buddy. No problem. Appreciate having your beautiful face with us, as always. Baby face. Uh, Mr. Mike Burry, thanks for stepping in this week and uh, showing off Mr. Hulkamania there. <laughs> Appreciate it, as always. Your opinions are appreciated. And uh, the Iron Man, Lou Gehrig, Cal Ripken, Corey Weir, they're all the same. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Corey, uh, couldn't have done it without you, buddy. Uh, episode eight, is it? Or episode nine, sorry. 
Yeah. Nine Thanks, times. I appreciate it as always. <laughs> Uh, thanks to uh, everyone out there for joining us. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the new or the Wrestling Shed channel on YouTube, and uh, join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Shed. So I'm going to sign it off. I'm Chad Everard. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to see you next week on Saturday. So tune in on Saturday. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, we done? <laughs> Still live. You're live, pal. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're live, pal. Yeah. Next week on Wrestling Shit Dynamite. All right. Sorry about that technical difficulty, but we all love blue.